Welcome to the Tidal Year, a series about the joy of swimming. With the help of some special guests, we'll discover the human stories behind why we swim. Together, we'll share tales from the places that helped us fall in love with swimming. From Lidos to lakes, by leisure centers in the ocean, I can't wait to dive into these magical places. I'm your host, writer and wild swimmer, Freya Bromley, and every week I'll be chatting to a new explorer, swimmer, author, or campaigner about what water means to them. Before we dive into this episode, I'd like to thank today's sponsor, TryHard. I love being in the water, but I don't love what pool chemicals like chlorine do for my skin and hair. TryHard develop water sports specialized skin and hair solutions that eliminate those negative effects of pool chemicals and ocean salts. I'm thrilled to share with all listeners of the Tidal year a very exclusive 15% off when you use code TIDAL at tryhard.co. In this episode, I chat to Nathaniel Cole, a writer, workshop facilitator, and co-founder of the Inner City Swimming Club Swimdem Crew. They hold weekly sessions for people to become better swimmers. Much of what Swimdem Crew is about is personal development and self-affirmation, using swimming as a tool to empower people and also make the sport more inclusive. Nathaniel and I spoke about the work of Swimdem Crew and explored topics including masculinity, inclusion, and how the confidence that people gain from swimming can touch other parts of their life beyond water. We also spoke about Nathaniel's own journey to creating a career around helping people, which really inspired me, and I hope it inspires you too. Enjoy. Hi, Nathaniel. Thank you so much for joining me on the title of your podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself and also about Swim Dem Crew. Yeah, so my name is Nathaniel. I do a lot of different things. I wear a lot of hats, obviously a swimming hat as well. <laughs> so I, I run workshops in schools on masculinity, working with young men and boys to get them to understand what they think being a man is and what being a man can be. I also do sessions on relationships and sex eds, working with school of sex eds to do sessions on health relationships, consent, anatomy, you know, behaviours that we want to model in relationships and, and contraception and STIs as well. I basically describe that as having the awkward conversation so the teacher or parents don't have to. Mm-hmm. And I also work with smiling boys who work with with black boys, mainly in year nine and ten in London at the moment that are, you know, have either had police interactions or, you know, regular exclusions, that sort of thing. You know, people that are at risk of dropping out of school to we do an eight-week program with them to, you know, build their emotional intelligence and, and resilience as well so they can navigate the world in a better way for themselves and with each other as well. And I'm a, a writer on all those sorts of things <laughs> and public speaker on, on all that sort of stuff. And I'm the co-founder of Swimdom Crew. So we're a inner-city uh, swimming community that uses swimming as a tool to empower people and, you know, just make people feel better about themselves. We swim mainly in London, but do retreats and do kind of group excursions out of, out of the city to the coasts to connect with nature and and give that, I think just give the tools to people to, to navigate the water better. So you weren't lying when you said you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. It's certainly busy. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, you know, a few years ago, I I think I've been, I've worked a lot of jobs and 
I've settled into my career a bit now and doing these things and say, you know, that's what I enjoy. So yeah, it's been a rocky, rocky ride to get here. And I always remember this one argument I had with my mum when I was young, where I was like, for work, I just want to help people. And she's like, that's not a job. And I think we were kind of right in our own, both right in what we were saying. She wanted the best for me. I wanted to just help people, but I had no, no plans outside of that. Mm. So in working all, in all different places I've worked, I've been able to pick up a bunch of skills. And, you know, I love working with young people. I love doing swim, swim them and, and, and meeting new people through that. And it's just been great that I've been able to, to make a career for myself with, mm. with doing things that I enjoy. Yeah, you've certainly proved that it is a career to help people and a career that's really been there for a lot of people. And I imagine if there are young Nathaniels who are thinking, <laughs> can it be a career for me to help people? They've now got a role model in you, which has just been great. And when you were talking about the work that you did in schools, which I didn't know about, it sounds really interesting. I was wondering if there's any connection between masculinity and toxic masculinity and also a lot of swimming culture that we have in the UK. Is that anything that you find intersex often? I think... It probably does more in a club setting. So mm. where you'd get like bro culture, as mm-hmm. I describe it, you know, beasting swim session, trying to be the best, trying to be the fastest, trying mm. to be the, the quickest. Because that is what competition is about. And I don't think there's much wrong with that. But if that's all that people have to navigate navigate their emotions and feelings, then, then that's where I see an issue. If, if they only have one outlet that's only that only allows them to kind of be in a certain mindset. So... I think the links that with us is that Swimnam's majority women. So the men that are in Swimnam get to be around a lot of women that are friends. Mm. And there's something in seeing how, it sounds silly probably as a guy's name, because like, we're socialized slightly differently, or very differently, I would actually say. You know, men are taught about things like power, ownership, leadership, and, and winning. Whereas women are maybe thought to or socialise to be more considerate of, of other people around them and check in with themselves and 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 talk more. <laughs> so I think with bringing them together in in a, a really safe and 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 healthy space with swimming, them they get to to learn from each other. But I think it means a lot of time the, the guys get to to step back and see a different way that things can be done um, and a different way that friendships can be had. Um, you know, between between men and and between women as well. Those friendships are so important to have friendships with people who are different to you and also to have those male-female friendships and bonds. Mm. And I feel like I notice that a lot in the pool and that, you know, the men are all doing front crawl or they're <laughs> taking it really seriously. And actually a lot of women are often more, a little bit more chilled out and able to have a bit of breaststroke as well. Is yeah. that your favorite stroke? Breaststroke, it's my favorite to do now. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I was really bad at it. Um, my best stroke as a kid was backstroke. But now I think because breaststroke requires that pause and glide, mm. that's what I enjoy kind of <laughs> kind of seeing in it. Like that moment of every few seconds, I'm going to have to push and stretch and hold. Mm. And there's just something in that and being able to get better at that and saying, oh, well, actually my kick's getting better now because I'm going further. And, and the fact that I'm not, I think in commute in a regular swimming pool, I'm often in the fast lane yeah. because of my of my childhood. So doing breaststroke allows me to not be the fastest in the pool, but but also it just gives me something else. Like it's a new way to. It's this weird thing of about having to slow down to get faster, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know the other strokes are more geared towards like you know quicker movement equals quicker swim. Whereas breaststroke is slightly different, so. That's why it's my favorite to do now. Yeah, it's definitely a more reflective stroke. And sometimes in swimming and in life, it's nice not to always be in the fast lane a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. 
Tell me a little bit about your retreat and what you've got coming up next. So one of our swimmers, her husband's family owned this place called called Jungle, and they host what I'd call community retreats. So as opposed to being like, oh, retreats on our four grand, and Mm -hmm. it's more like here's our space and you can use our space and they work with community groups with like refugees it's they run retreats for nhs workers last because of the pandemic so then yeah she was like oh i've got this place that we can go to wow. <laughs> so in 2019 went there for the first and only time at the moment mm-hmm. like 30 35 of us just like family vibes you know eat together there's got like all these big imagine if this was just beds up there mm-hmm. like dorm rooms and just yeah just for me it's in my like later years mm-hmm. it's been about an opportunity to get out of london get out of london and not want to be on my phone yeah but this is a bit different so it's not like it's like 10 people so 35 people just because of like you know i think summer plans everyone just gone rah. yeah and yeah just so i'm just looking forward to like doing this one and then we've got we've got sessions at we are here festival which is like that's also in its second year it's obviously supposed to be last year but had to get moved so we do like we'll do a talk show two of our films and then um where each week we're releasing these how to swim videos so front crawl and backstroke so far and then let's breaststroke and tread water and then when we're out we out here we'll show all those films before we actually get into the water <laughs> just so people have like a visual like refresher before they're in, in that's the interesting they look fantastic by the way i Thanks, saw the one that came out yesterday it looks so good and it's <laughs> nice to see people engaging with it we've always wanted to write to make how-to videos for like years and years and just never had the opportunity and then we did some work with <laughs> with puma swim like years but yeah two years ago now mm-hmm. but then pandemic so everything's been delayed and then they wanted to like support us still so it gave us a bit of cash and we said, well, we can do a few things with this. We can just grow some there. We can make mm-hmm. some more merch. We can do some other stuff. Or we can, like, make these videos. And that's what they, like, selected. Yeah. So the videos are as a result of working with of them, like, giving us the, the means to do it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we're just going to keep making more. So so far, it's front crawl, backstroke, breaststroke, treading water. But there's going to be more to that's cool. And then yeah, I guess that's cool fun. that you get to do different kind of content creation of being like, right, we're going to do a video on backstroke. How do you even like begin to think about mm. doing that as well? Tell me a little bit about um, Beyond the Blue as well, because I was rewatching that yesterday, <laughs> excited for our chat. It, it's such a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful film, as well as, of course, it being really educational and very inspiring about the really inclusive community that you're making. It's also just stunning. And surely by watching <laughs> that, anyone would want to give swimming a go, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, we had a great location for it in Croatia. So we had been invited to a festival and my, one of my mentors, Algie, he said to me and P, how can you maximise that opportunity? So we were like, all right, we'll make a film. But we, <laughs> we've done everything in reverse. So like we had a, a shot list and like creative, but we had no script, or no script, no storyboard. So we just knew what we wanted it to look like and had to piece it together after almost. And then like, yeah, we... We put together like a little team of Boy and Ruby, our, our videographers, Stu and his um his now wife came along as like directors and producers, and then me and Pete doing creative and so shooting it. And then by the end of it, we had this film that like tells our story and you know why we do what we want to do. And it's funny whenever I watch it back because you know now that's finished right in twenty seventeen, mm. so 
it's interesting looking back and seeing like what we did after that as well. So that was before we we did our own lessons or in doing lessons we we know there's this direct relationship with knowing I've given someone the skills to learn how to swim and I really really and I really really just love and appreciate that. But yeah, with the film we just wanted I think we wanted the content piece to show who we are mm. and going forward with more of the things we create it's about you know, we've introduced me and P to the world, and I guess by extension, swim down. But we want to talk about the people in swim down now because, you know, I would say you take people out and swim down nothing. Mm. So that's why it's exciting to get back, to get back started. And I'm also what I've realised is that in community creation and, for lack of a better word, maintenance, <laughs> it has phases of people that are in it. So when we first started swim down. Eight years ago, that group of people aren't at Swim Dem anymore. And then mm. there was like another batch of people that joined, and then another batch. And then we had like a core group from the last four years, maybe. And now as we start swimming again, it's like, oh, who's this? Who's the new group that's going to come Swim Dem? And that's like scary and exciting at the same time for me. Because I think people, with what we do and what we give people, it, it just changes them. And nothing. <laughs> I think it changes them for the better. Yeah. Like they get confidence and new friends and experiences. And it sounds silly, but I always love it if someone joins with them and then decides to quit their job and do something else. Does I that like, happen a lot? Happens <laughs> a few times. I just like to think that that's as a result of, of seeing like, oh, there's a different way to do things in mm-hmm. life and everything's not got to be, you know, tied down to like what you do. Um, it's more about what you want from life and how you can align stuff to to get that like that's what that's what swim them is for me it's just I wanted to bring people together and swimming was swimming was the vehicle for that mm. but it was like it wasn't I wasn't young and thought all right I'm going to what I want to do is create a swimming community yeah. like no it wasn't that it was just I wanted to bring people together and then swim them just happened to be how I do that I'm so interested in so much of what you said. Firstly, of course, it's not just about swimming. Swimming is great. And of course, you know, giving people these actual physical lessons about how to do backstroke and breaststroke is great. But also it is about this broader thing, about this confidence. And I think swimming is related to confidence. Firstly, because it's quite intimidating. It's quite natural to be intimidated by water. But also because there's this element of diving in and this fearlessness and how immersed you are when you're in water. And I guess for you, it sounds like this journey of founding Swim Dem has put you in a lot of situations that have probably been out of your comfort zone. You've had to learn how to do a lot of things that you don't know how to do. You mentioned as well that kind of fear of this new batch of people. And then I guess by the physical act of swimming, people are also going through that. They're putting themselves out of their comfort zone and and growing too, which must be just amazing to witness. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's beautiful, honestly. Like, especially when we, you know, when we take people from non-swimmer mm-hmm. to splasher, also <laughs> non-swimmer, yeah. because they, you see them physically go through that, that change of, there's some diagrams about fear zone, growth zone. It's kind of like that with swimming as well. Like the fear of getting to the pool, the fear of getting changed and like mm-hmm. being exposed to people. And then the growth of accepting one yourself in the water, but to like trust in the process. Mm-hmm. There's so much trust involved with, with swimming when you're a beginner or like you're trying new things when that's open water things. And I think what that does for people is hard to describe. 
like you know it just makes them brighter even me as you're talking about from the water swimming it just makes me laugh because i'm i'm the pool swimmer i like yeah. swimming in pools okay and um p loves he he really loves the open water and you know we've done a few races but it's always him finding these obscure places to go like when we did the dart 10k that was just something that i would have never <laughs> done on my own volition but he pushed us and we did it and had a great great time and yeah, even for me, I still, if I'm honest, I still get scared when I swim in open water, especially in a, a dark lake. Mm-hmm. Dark lake where your hand just disappears in front of you, like that still freaks me out. Or when we were shooting Beyond the Blue, in Croatia, the water's really clear, mm. or where, where we were anyway. So you could see, you know, what felt like 30, 40 metres down. <laughs> and you're swimming and you're thinking, right, hopefully it would look good. But I remember we were shooting these early morning shots with a with a drone and a photographer and it wasn't until about 20, 30 minutes later that P looked at me and was like, oh, it's kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I've been, you know, I've not been, <laughs> I've been like freaking out this whole time while I've been swimming because I'm like, this this water's too big. Yeah. And I remember once I was swimming at West Reservoir and I just thought that there was like, basically a, I don't know if it was a duck, but an animal, you know, a bird had like swam into the water and dived in and mm-hmm. then so someone else was swimming and it, it, it swam up and then out. And I kept on thinking that was going to happen to me, but with like a shark instead. <laughs> so it's this weird thing of that, that's not going to happen. Mm. But when stuff gets in your head, it's hard to shake. I always get a Jaws theme tune in my head. I'll be swimming <laughs> and then all of a sudden, and it, yeah. it does, even though you logically know you're totally safe. Mm. There is something a bit unnerving about what you can't see in water as well. But it sounds like together as two co-founders, you actually have a really nice balance of yeah. he loves outdoor swimming, you love the pool. Firstly, how did you meet? What's your how relationship you been like? Yeah, so me and people say, oh, we, you know, we swim them is what made us friends. Mm-hmm. So I went for a youth program 10 years ago at Run Dem Crew, which is a similar community, you know, runners meeting up on Tuesdays, running at night and just exchanging ideas. They ran a youth program called RDC Younger. So I went through that. I was mentored and did all these creative projects. And then afterwards, I obviously stayed at Rundem and just kept on going. P was also at Rundem and so was Emily, who's our other, our other co-founder. And it's actually Emily that arranged it because we were, you know, in the early days of Instagram where you're you're just posting like your your sepia photos (laughs) of Mm -hmm. food and and stuff like that. So we were doing the same up for our our pools. And then, you know, I guess mutually following each other through random. And then Emily approached us or me and them. So, oh, do you want to swim at London Phil's Lido? Like I've seen that you, you and P swim there and me, but just on different days. So should we just do it together? And I said, yeah, because I thought swimming, I've, I find swimming really boring by myself. I used to be a club swimmer growing up, like just like an average going there to, to swim. And so when I was swimming as an adult, I couldn't, as a club swimmer, you're swimming to either improve and get into like the squad team and then compete or, or that's really it. It's really about competition. So I, I had this weird disconnect when I was swimming as a, a young man of, oh, what am I swimming for? Mm-hmm. So Emily Oak giving us, me and P that option of, well, we can make it friendly. Then it just changed my perception of it. So we started swimming together and hanging out and I would say Swimden was my first WhatsApp group. And that's what made us friends. We swim at London Fields Ladder every Saturday morning, swim, um, see got the market just there, get some food. Emily lived like round the corner, so we just hang out at hers. And then afterwards we'd we're just tagging stuff, you know, on the hashtags. Yeah. Just tagging stuff, swim dem, swim dem crew, like just as a joke. And then I don't know what made people think it was real. And then 
we just continued with it. And then me and Pete and Emily sat down and was like, all right, well, what should we do? Because people keep asking us to swim if they can swim with us, but it's not an official thing. Mm-hmm. And we had to decide whether we wanted to be like swim influencers, like just us three, or more like random where it was like a big community thing anyone can kind of come and me was it me and Emily voted for for that and people had some influences so <laughs> we had to like twist his arm a bit and yeah then we opened it up and like had our first swim at London Phil's Lido back in I think that was in 2014 so we swam together for about a year so 2014 had our big like first open community swim and then it just kind of snowballed from there really like we got you probably have it, Jenny Landriff's book, Swim mm-hmm. in London. We would just open a page and go to the pools, like that over there, and we'd announce it on Instagram, say, well, this is where we're going to be. And then as it got bigger, we realised we were just taking over pools. So I had to, like, scale it back a bit and have it, have it a bit more, um, not strict, but it was. I think there was an issue where if we come to the pool of 20 people and the pool's not expecting it, they obviously it messes up the locals that use it regularly and just the staff because they're not expecting that. But it's actually funny because that's kind of what we're going back to as we open up again, because kind of as a mini protest, because the pool's always changing um, ownership and stuff mm. like that. So like we just, we used to make it as easy as we could for them. But now it's just like, I've been trying to make Swim Den, which is a, a completely unique swim club, fit into what swimming is as like the swimming world. And so now I'm just like, actually, I'm just going to, I'm going to bring the community to the pools and mm-hmm. see what happens. Because yeah, I'm done trying to, trying to bend it into something it's not it's about bringing people together it's about swimming yes um, but it's never about like beasting it <laughs> up, yeah. and down, up and down the lane it's just about people hanging out people hanging out and having fun in the water as well I think you know you mentioned that that when you started swimming as a young man it's kind of like oh am I going to do races am I going to swim competitively or do mm. this for fitness but actually doing it to take time out and be in the water is just as much of a goal as well yeah. And tell me a little bit about where Swim Dem Crew is now. It's great to hear about that early inception. Yeah. <laughs> it even just started just as you having a hashtag. But tell me a little bit about the group and where it is today. So now we're trying to kind of, I guess, reintroduce ourselves into the water. So taking baby steps, you know, we're going to come back with one session in the week, probably on Wednesday nights, and then a Saturday morning session as well, every other week. So just kind of easing ourselves back in, because we used to have four sessions. Wow, <laughs> So very busy. Yeah, so we used to have four sessions a week, which we'll resume then when we can, which were for lessons. So we do sessions for beginners and improvers. So at the moment, we're just bringing people together. So social sessions, one during the week one on the weekend yeah just kind of seeing who 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 comes through we're, we're partnering with a brand that will announce soon that will kind mm. of support us through our next year and you know that means yes it means gear and stuff but like really we want to make some of them a, a community where we can tell stories and further on down the line so we're set up as a company at the moment but mm-hmm. we're splitting it so we're gonna have a limited company for like creative output and community interest company that will look after for public swim sessions the social swims and put on sessions for people to uh, to get them into the water so with swim then we have our lessons we've had a high percentage of black people join because mm-hmm. i think it's over 90 percent of black adults in the uk can't swim so we create a program that's more more catered to us 
so yeah going forward it's about having our social sessions reintroducing our lessons slowly when the time's right and when we can probably partner with a couple councils to um run sessions at their pools because pool space in london is is scarce mm. um i didn't realize this until a few years ago but yeah it's like you have to go to a lot of private schools and, and stuff like that to get pool time but those places aren't in the communities that we want to serve so it's about you know making partnerships with with councils and, and pool operators to to bring in programs that benefit their wider community i think with swimming at the moment we have this especially during and uh, i guess post pandemic of it's it's taken a couple steps back like when pools closed and first opened they only prioritized lane swimming and some pools like the aquatic so where we used to be based is only now I think in the last three weeks, reintroduced their adult lessons. Mm. So it's gone from catering to like a big bunch of people having family sessions, women-only sessions, all this stuff to just like shrinking a bit and being like lane swimming only and then children's lessons and then family sessions and then open swims. And it's it's taken a very long time to do that. So it's kind of, it's frustrating because the, the main customer base or I guess swimming's cash cow, lack of better words, is, is lane swimming, but but in catering to that, it's made them forget about other things. Like with the pool, we, we used to be based out in aquatics. They have a selection process for who can hire lanes. So at first, as an exist, us as an existing customer, we were fine and looked after. But then when these new rules came in, it meant that they could only prioritize certain clubs and then certain boroughs and then everyone else. So swim them as unique as we are, we dropped into that third tier of selection mm. process, which realistically means you just won't get a lane during the week because that it's all taken up already. But I'm hoping that once we kind of make those partnerships with with councils and operators that we can maybe twist their arms a bit and, and get back into the water of some some secure pool time. And what I'm really struck by hearing you talk about that and being a limited company and having these partnerships with pools is how much you must have learned throughout this journey <laughs> that you didn't know before. Yeah. That must have been incredible to go from knowing nothing to then having this organization and it growing and the responsibility of that, if you could go back in time to 2014 when you started <laughs> and tell yourself something to kind of coach and mentor yourself about this journey and everything you were going to learn, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't think about that often, you know. If I could go back, what would I change? It's weird. I want to say I'd plan more, but I don't really think it's that. I think it's more about following stuff through. So me and Pia are great at ideas and I guess I'd say one-off projects, but I think maybe that's why we, we love lessons so much because it was something that we planned and like saw through and it was like working on a regular basis. So I think if I could go back to 2014, it would be, I'd probably say back then is to build a team from then. Mm-hmm. We're trying to grow and expand and start recruiting for, for some positions soon. And I think, if I had the, the foresight of actually it requires more than two people to do all of this back then, then some things would have been a bit easier. <laughs> well, you've done a fantastic job anyway. And it sounds like as well as the community and the broader Swim Dem community, you've also had a lot of support from individual relationships. And it's like you mentioned that you had a mentor, yeah. which sounds like that's been really helpful as well and someone to really guide you through this process but also that you're a coach like you do swimming instruction so you must mentor and kind of support and buddy people so there's actually a lot of one-on-one and individual support which is great because I think people assume that swimming is quite 
insular or isolated or mm. it's a sport that you do alone but it sounds like it's been a way for you to create not just broader community but actually quite deep meaningful relationships in your own life as well no absolutely that piece one of my my absolute best friends and the people that i've come across in swim them have made some real no, there's been, there's not been swim den weddings yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yet. you know, I've been invited <laughs> to weddings off the back of my friendships and swimming and yeah. swim them. And the, the, you know, a lot of people that are dear to me in my life have come through, come through swim them at one point or another. And yeah, it's weird. Cause I think I'll remember, oh, I, yeah, I have a mentor, but I don't put the link between the, the fact that I'm, yeah, I guess I don't know if people necessarily look up to me, but look to me for advice, guidance um, outside of a, a swimming teaching and mm-hmm. coaching context. And I think I'm, I'm happy to to be able to provide that. It's something I've I've really missed over the last year. Like it wasn't until maybe Christmas time that I realised it sounds weird, but yeah, how much swim them was also doing for me. Mm. Because yeah, if you do something every you know a few times a week for five six years, it's going to have an effect on you. So yeah, I think there's definitely something in there about you don't realise how good things are until they're gone, and it obviously had to stop because of lockdowns and pandemics. So it's nice to say it's nice as we open up again and go into this next phase. I'm like, oh, I, I know what Swindon gives me and what I appreciate about it mm. and all these things. So. I've got now like a probably a new appreciation for swim down. Yeah. Um and I think I always have an appreciation for the people, but there's something unique about swim down and, and the relationships we have. And it sounds like part of that that it's given you has been a huge amount of purpose. Helping people and seeing them transform must just be really impactful. And one of the words that you mentioned that I really relate to swimming is confidence. Mm. So as well as helping people with the confidence to actually swim, what's it been like for you having confidence in your own life that you've been able to establish this whole thing and having something like Beyond the Blue as a film come (laughs) out? That must give you a lot of confidence too. Has that been a personal journey for you? Yeah, I think I've, I've struggled a lot in my life with speaking and using my voice and having eyes on me Mm. so swim them and I guess learning how to swim inadvertently gave me a lot of practice for obviously I do I do workshops at schools um, I do public speaking and if you had said or told 14 year old Nathaniel that you'll be doing that stuff or you know I did my TEDx talk yeah, in 2019 and nice. about a thousand people in the audience so like I would have never done that stuff if not for swim them and having that regular practice of and confidence building both in the water and, and poolside yeah it's just it's hard to think about how my life would be <laughs> without swim them and just for me sometimes it's just giving that skill of swimming to someone to my friend but she also came through lessons at Davina she went to an event with her recently and she was like to me and P, no, you've changed, you have actually changed my life. And she's talking about her relationship with her sister changing because they go swimming together and just igniting a light in her. And knowing that I, as I've had to become comfortable with saying, that, oh yeah, I created, I created swimming or we created swimming and, and we did that as opposed to just, it just happening by chance. <laughs> There's something, yeah, I, I'm, I just think it's really special that I've been able to, to gain so much from from this thing I just created um, kind of randomly. 
randomly, but also with so much intention, it sounds like you actually had a really clear vision of what you wanted to do. <laughs> so I hope you do feel incredibly proud because it is really amazing work. And it must be fantastic to hear people say, you've changed my life. And I'm really interested in that is those human stories behind swimming. Cause I do think there's huge amount of reason behind why we swim and also how it helps us and keeps us going as well. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about you and that journey from, you mentioned that you were quite into lane swimming at school and the pools mm. were really your thing, but it sounds like you've pushed yourself a lot with swimming and also that it's really helped you in your own mental health as well. Yeah, no, for swimming, it's, I think all the pool swimming gave me was that assurance that I'm going to be okay. So I know that I can go into pretty much any body of water and be safe. And that's the skills I try and impart on people and teach them and coach them. But I think for me, it's like I said earlier about the 10K, I would have never done something like that. And I'm, I'm an accomplished runner. I run mm -hmm. a lot of marathons and halves. Um, I've done a couple of tries, but like there's this aversion I have to things that I find hard. So swimming and open water swimming pushes me into those things that I find difficult or I don't want to do. Like, yeah, P's been banging on about doing the channel swim for since we started swimming. Yeah. <laughs> and something like that doesn't feel as, I guess, otherworldly and distant anymore because of the, the other things we've done, whether it's when we're swimming in Croatia, doing our 10K swims, doing some triathlons, open water swimming. And, you know, when we... Another retreat we have this with at the mill, which is Zoe, our, our friend Zoe's like family house that they share, but it's, it's a, it's a water mill. So it's a you know, house on water mm -hmm. um, and just swimming in the river there. Like uh, these are things that I think it's interesting because my family's Trinidadian. So I, I grew up going to Trinidad and going to the beach and, <laughs> and Trinidad, we have a thing called like a river line where you go to the river, you cook food and you hang out and swim. And I think with the, the experiences we've had at swimming, I've, I've almost made like a swim them version of, of those things in terms of like community setting and food, family vibes, like to bring elements of my culture into, you know, England and, and, and with our communities when it's been quite special for me. And I think that's what helps me take those steps is because I'm, doing stuff on on my terms and you know my ideas and input but it's it's also got a link back to to who I am as a person who P is as a person and I think that just makes it that's what makes it special that's what makes it easier if you if you assume them you have people that will egg you on to do stuff that that you are capable of but you don't think you can do mm -hmm. and that's what swim them is for me it's just a community that supports people that's amazing and you mentioned as well about your culture and your upbringing and a big part of Swim Dem Crew is all about being inclusive, especially yeah. to people that might not have had a chance to have swum in their upbringing. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about that and what that's meant to the community, especially in London. One thing that we're really lucky to have in London is, is space. So whether we have lots of swimming pools, parks, but you know, basketball courts, football pitches, like, but those, those spaces can be quite locked off and closed off for people. So a swimming pools are a great example of there being quite a few of them, thankfully in London, although post lockdowns, um, they're closing at, well, you know, community pools are closing, but just having proximity to something doesn't mean someone knows it's there for them. Like we had, we had people come to our sessions when we were based at Stratford, say, say they didn't know they were actually allowed to 
to come to mm, the pool, which was like a, a building, right? You know, nice fancy building. So for us, I think we just we just bridge, bridge that gap for people. On one hand, it's representation, and then on another hand, it's you know we're always striving to to think about who needs swim them and how can we bring them in. So like, while swim them is a, I think an open and welcoming, inclusive space for for black people, brown people, other people of color, and of course, you know, white people. I also think, well, you know, what are we doing for Muslim swimmers and disabled swimmers? And is it that we need to create something or do we just need to make partnerships with other groups and, and see how we can support them? Because of our community, our, our voice is quite loud, I'd say. You know, we can spotlight stuff that other people can't always do or, or get attention for. So I think for me, it's just meant that people see me and P and hopefully they see elements of themselves and then they see pictures from everyone else that comes to them it's like you know what you can probably find a friend here and if you can find a friend in the water then like who knows what can happen after that so when I talk about the lessons we do we because I used to be a swimming teacher for a company and I just didn't like the way it worked it didn't it didn't suit me and I didn't feel like it suited for the students and pupils either so I wanted to create a program that was a bit more human and a bit more hands-on and kind so our lessons were set up to have two teachers one in the water one out and always creating a a separate community each every three months with each cohort of 12 people that were coming to lessons so it just the the dynamic of how we did things was was so different and that's what that's what people really bought into like even how there's a a huge waiting list for for lessons and, and people that want to just join our sessions so Hopefully by the end of the year, we can get back to it properly. Yeah, and that's fantastic that you've got a wait list of these people that are really hungry to swim and to learn. But I guess also it's awful that there's a wait list and that these people can't be met. What are your plans for scaling and sharing some of the learnings to help more people who want to get in the water and learn how to swim? Yeah, so I think the videos are like one element of that. So digital content, because, you know, we realized we couldn't, can't reach everyone. And the reality is when you create a community, people are also buying into you. So they want they want me and B. Mm. <laughs> Got another teacher, Shalesha, is amazing. And, you know, we want to see how we can expand some them with her as well. And I think for us, you know, when we create the CRC and get all these partnerships with councils going, then we'll be able to, to grow and expand. I'd, we've always wanted to be in Manchester and Birmingham as well and Bristol. So it's about that's not about me moving to Bristol and making something there. Hmm. No, it's about like finding people that have shared interests and equally doesn't have to be the same vibe, but like good vibes and, and want to make change in the water the same way we do. And then, you know, building up from there. So I think if I was like big business speaker, be a franchise and swim them, but it's yeah. not really that. Cause it's, it's about a community, hmm. a community system. So somewhere in between, <laughs> you know, a McDonald's franchise yeah. and park run. So I don't know how, what's in the middle of that, but that's basically how some them grows is whatever's in, in between those two things. In the middle of that Venn diagram. And what a great Venn diagram, McDonald's yeah. and park run. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like social media has been a huge help to you. It's helped you reach new people. And when you do think about scaling and growing the community, it's going to be really vital there. Mm. But you also mentioned that a big part of swimming for you is also having time away from your phone. I can definitely relate to that. I think when I started swimming, it almost became a challenge of how many lengths can I do without thinking about my phone in my bag or checking my emails or doing anything. And I am much better at being 
away from it now, probably because swimming forces you to be quite present, especially mm. when it's cold, <laughs> because you can't really think about anything <laughs> other than that your toes are going to fall off. Mm. So tell me about your relationship with your phone and also social media, because I guess really you have become a bit of a swim influencer without probably yeah. intending to. <laughs> if my, I'm, I imagine my girlfriend's going to this, but, you know, she'll... She'll kill me if I'm not honest. So I'm on my phone a lot. Mm-hmm. And in lockdowns especially, it's been difficult to, to separate it because that's also been my, what's felt like my only link to, to people yeah. or one of my main links to people. So in terms of being away from my phone, I think, yeah, I try and manage it with my timers and stuff like that. I've got, and I think what, the reality is with all my 30-minute timers, that, that gives me two and a half hours on my phone a day. And I'd like to think, oh yeah, that's me reading my eBooks and, and stuff yeah. like that and looking at emails, but it's not. It's just me scrolling. So I think I just try and be a bit more, I have quite a curated feed. So I just kind of see what I'm, what I'm interested in. Um, I've recently joined TikTok and that's that took maybe a month for, for the algorithm to fig- figure me out. And I think just now that I'm a bit older, I, I it's easier for me to catch myself when I'm you know, doom scrolling or just mm. infinite scrolling as opposed to before when I just thought I was, you know, it was just, that was linked to me learning and communicating. I think I've got slightly different means or ideas about what learning is for me and what communication is for me and, and what, what, what phone use is for me now. So, and it's something that me and P struggle with actually. P's great at looking at the Instagram messages and doing our socials and stories. I'm more better at the pre-planning of, you know, copy, stuff like that. So I think that's maybe how I brought that balance is because he's he's a great executor and I'm a great, great planner and, and look at strategy and stuff as well. Sounds like you're a really good team. You balance each other out yeah. nicely. Yeah, and with Swim Dem Crew, you're you're a community, and you invite people into that community. And social media is a community as well. Mm. You've got to be think really mindfully about who you're inviting into that space yeah. because often we have our phone when we're at home or at the dinner table. So you're inviting a lot of potentially negativity or positivity into that space. So I think mm. you do have to think about creating it, like you say. Well, I think I think people can at least get a vibe on some of them looking at our, our feed in terms of the things we care about. So whether it was you know, more recently talking about Soul Cap and, and Fina's mm. decision or Black Lives Matter and, and swimming brands suddenly seeing black people <laughs> after, you know, George Floyd's murdered. So it's like, I think socially they can get a vibe of, of maybe the things we care about, whether it's... And that's going to be linked to me and P, you know, from the places we come from and the, and the type of work we do. Um, we're always going to to care about community and community for me does represent that that kind of that broad spectrum of people. I always say that people are welcome to come swim them. If they decide to stay, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm always going to be there and, you know, in other elements of my work, I always kind of keep a door open for certain people if they want to come. But, you know, swim them it does have a certain vibe and if if that's not for everyone then that's okay then they can join like a, a master's club or mm-hmm. or something else or, or if they want to they can still swim by themselves or you know create a slightly different community that that's more aligned with, with what they want to do i think what's interesting for us is that when we used to run so many different sessions we would have different groups of people there so if you took a picture of our our monday session our wednesday thursday and saturday sessions it would be different groups of people mm. particularly for lessons would be majority black people so a sad thing for us was last year where we wanted to do the retreat we're doing this weekend that was again 35 people and every from every session was coming 
so we would have had that that chance to bring people to, together and just kind of that all have the same all understand what the ethos of Swimdem is, but they were getting that like that weird Swimdem cross community crossover. So that's what we're going to be working going forward as well. It's not just Swimdem isn't like a closed community where we we shut doors on people. So while we are going to have sessions going forwards in the next year of like safe space sessions, we'll also have open sessions and, you know, just trying to think about how we can, if we want change, we have to work together and understand each other. And soon there's a great place for that. And open for all and people are always welcome to join, but then it's up to them if they stay. I think that's a nice a nice point to make because often maybe it's a little bit like waves. So they might come in <laughs> and go back out again and yeah. maybe come in again at some point too. And we've spoken a lot about London and Swim Dem Crew started really as an inner city club. Yeah. What do you think is that balance between being in a city, but then also needing to connect to nature? Because a lot of the stuff that you do is in pools, but also some of it is in open water, which feels really different. It's always a really different swimming experience for me, even being somewhere like West Reservoir, which is still mm, in the city, yeah. but you do feel more connected to nature, don't you? The short answer, yes. So for us in the last year, we've, We've gone to Brighton a couple of times, gone to Margate a couple of times just to, you know, have that sea swim mm. experience. And that's been something I've really valued because there's, I think there's something a bit like, yeah, it's healing. You know, when you're in the water for a really long time at the sea and your body gets used to the waves. And mm. I was, when I'd come home, like laying in bed, I can still kind of feel the waves. And pool swimming obviously doesn't give you that. Mm. But I think there's something something I like about when I'm at the sea specifically is that is how far you can see where there's just nothing, maybe less so much of parts of market because you've got the, the wind turbines. Yeah. But um, I just, cause you know, I, I grew up, I was born and raised here and grew up in Hackney Wick. So like that idea of, of seeing that far is, is still quite strange to me because I'm used to built up areas and stuff. So when we started doing our first retreats and traveling around the UK a bit more similar, I started to realize, wow, like, what more space does for your mind and what swimming in in like natural flowing water does for the mind and body p always says it's 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 healing and Mm. i just think there's nothing there's nothing like that feeling of of floating in the water and for me that idea of just being able to have a a quick dip and quick renewal almost is nice you know we've been talking about phones and what's on our mind but you know if you're Swimming on those few sports where you you're really separated from everything. Like there's there's no screens other than the depending if it's a fancy pool, it's got the, the clock that's like digital. <laughs> but yeah, I just love that, that separation and how yeah. You know, I, I wrote a poem recently about the water and I just it's this element of how it like carries you or carries me in the, in the poem. So I think for me, it's just it's nice to be carried by another element that's not myself, and that's why one of the things I really love about swimming. There. Yeah, I can really relate to that word of renewal. It does, mm. it does feel something very healing. And also, yeah, renewal is a great word to think about that, almost like that rebirth of things, being able to start again when, you, when you're when you in water, especially salt water. Yeah. I didn't know you write poetry. That's cool. Tell me about that. Do you f- one poem. So, just one poem. <laughs> just one poem so far. I um, My girlfriend's been doing the artist way. And so I think when, and I've been reading my friend uh, Caleb Femi's collection of poetry called Paul. Mm. So one day I was really stressed out, I think just getting overwhelmed with life. So she took my phone away and said, just read this book and just read it out loud and just chill. So I, went, I just read 
read uh, read maybe 20 poems out loud and then I think the following day I think I was stressing out again about something mm. I'm not really sure what was happening you know maybe it was my anxiety was just really building up I think relating to things opening up again yeah and she said all right we're just, you're just gonna do some writing and put a 10 minute timer on and I I brainstormed I think she gave me the word so she might have said oh what is the word and just write based off that and I just had like a word dump in my head and then made a poem based off the words that I just scattered on the page. Um, it's something I'm planning on doing at least every other week because I've moved my therapy to bi-weekly instead of weekly and I've realised my body and mind still needs some sort of internal check-in mm. even if I'm not at therapy. So I think, and I guess this week's the first test of like doing something for myself and exploring myself and my emotions through poetry is going to be quite important for me so yeah what was the first one and we'll see what else gets made and released oh it sounds like she's a really positive influence it's a great idea to do that and the timer is actually a a tip I use with myself a lot especially when I know that writing or checking in with myself like you say always makes me feel better but often doing the things that make you feel better sometimes are hard I have that as well with getting in the water you convince yourself you're too busy I don't have Mm. time I'm too stressed out but actually committing to okay, I'm going to set a timer for 10 minutes and I'll try for at least 10 minutes. And usually always at the end of the 10 minutes, I'm still writing away (laughs) because I'm into it at that point. Mm. It's just like having that first commitment to do it. I mean, it sounds like you're quite disciplined that you've already made a commitment to try again next week. I think what I've realized is how I used to live my life before. I think because there were so many things to to do and distract me that actually helped me a little bit because I could see the value in setting aside time for myself. Mm. And then... Once all those things were removed, whether it was events and work, I I struggled to to specifically block out time for myself. So it's been a journey over the last year and a half to try and figure out how I I navigate that. Yeah, how I navigate that for myself because it's a whole new not a whole new world. Um, it's been a whole new feeling of of trying to to con- almost it's almost a battle of myself of convincing myself that it's it's time well spent if I'm working on myself and that's been yeah that's been hard to to get to grips with and you mentioned Caleb Femi who's a fantastically talented writer but you must also have a lot of very inspiring people in your life through swimming that you've met people that have really great connections or stories with water also just community people within the swim dem community is there anyone particularly that you found has really inspired you throughout your journey oh i'm not sure you know (laughs) (laughs) i think the swimming community it's been it's been i really like i think the name's kate rue from Mm. that from outdoor swimming society and and the dart like i think the way they've gone about things is is really commendable because it's the, the races are as a result of wanting to to bring people together and give you know give them something to do together because they're always talking. So I think when I look at the swimming world, it's stuff like the Dar and their and their other events that have that have been quite inspirational. Because you realise, I think a few years ago, me realised I was like, oh, that just that that pays for your life, you know, like that thing you enjoy mm. and starts paying for your life, and then it's not it's not work by that point. So yeah, I think. I'd say okay, and then it's been it's been hard. I think because we exist quite separate to what the rest of swimming is. You know, we're not. <laughs> for, you know, we are who we are. So you know, we're not like, especially in open water swimming. It's like quite. I think you have to have access to open water swimming to be in it, and so it's been a weird one for us to try and move into it. So 
Yeah, to be really honest, there's not many people I look up to in, in swimming that I'm like, oh, that's super inspiring or, oh, I want to be them. I, there's a great TED talk with, is it a person flip, swimming from is it Cuba to Florida? And it's amazing, but there's not many, there's not many stories that I can recall of, of people changing, changing things. Um, yeah, and that's just, that's just my reality, you know, mm. um, I haven't had many people to, to look up to and swim in. It's just kind of been that way. Yeah. And I think creating role models that look like all of us, you know, you really, you can dream what you see. Mm. And that's been a big part of Swim Dem Crew as well as making more space for people from different backgrounds as well. Yeah. Because, you know, the reason I don't see myself in a lot of the swimming world is because there's not much, you know, there's maybe, you know, even when I'm watching the Olympics, I'm just, I count every black swimmer there and mm. I'm like, okay, cool. Like there's a couple. And it's not that I want representation from just like winners, but it's about knowing someone has maybe similar cultural connections to me and interests and will maybe spend their their Saturdays or their family makeup similar, like, the way they do things might be might be similar to me. And that's what I find interesting. Like as much as it's incredible that, you know, we've met some Olymp- people who are now Olympians at the time. They, they weren't um, a great time for like um, Siobhan O'Connor um, and James Guy at an event. And it's been great to see, see their careers since then and, and Jazz Carlin as well. But, you know, there's, while we have that connection of water, it might not be much else outside of that. Whereas, mm-hmm. If I could meet more people, like uh, there's a, a surfing group in Jamaica who look amazing, and it's weird with swimming. Like there's a there's with other sports, there's there's a lot of, I think a lot more visibility of 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 marginalized communities. But in swimming, it's it's still quite. I think because it's an insular sport, the idea of community is weird for swimming anyway. So to create new stuff it has been quite difficult. So we always assist as like the first swimming crew of our kind, but now there's more. Mm-hmm. So again, last year, a big plan was to bring all the crews together. There's crews in America um, and Korea and, and in Europe. So we want to like all converge on one spot. But I think that'll be something for a few years now, down the line now. <laughs> um, maybe something a bit more, maybe do Europe first and then America and that's separate and, and stuff like that. Because there are new groups now and, and more people. And it's weird. I used to want to, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be a coach and train an Olympian one day. Or like, you know, teaching Olympians. But now I'm just like, ah, oh, I just want swimming to be more accessible for people. I just want it to be affordable and, and for people to think, oh, I can go swim. And whatever happens after that is great. What a fantastic vision. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you a little bit about some of your favourite places to swim in London. Where is your favourite spot to go swimming? I've got two. Okay. <laughs> so outdoor, totally loud. Yeah, outdoor be Parliament Hill Lido. I just, I just, even though it's all pretty much always cold like we're around, I just love the way it's all, it's metallic and shiny mm. and it feels fancy. Yeah. And there's probably a theme of like things that feel fancy. So Marshall Street baths for me is just my, my pinnacle because it pulls marble and there's like a weird statue in there, like a cherub or something. It just, it's so different to, <laughs> to like my normal world. So yeah, I think Marshall Street, just because of, of the makeup of it and it's just got a quite super unique design at the bottom of the pool where it's, it's really circular and it, it's unexpected there as well kind mm. of being in the cent- the center of london yeah. in soho that you don't expect there to be this gorgeous leisure center yeah. and it, yeah it's beautiful there and just, it's marble just sounds different to the touch and you mm. it's very different to tiles and stuff so 
yeah, just that's my those are my those are my top ones. Live in Deptford at the moment, so we've had to campaign or work with campaigners to reopen Wavelengths Veg Centre, which is right there. I've done lots of swimming over the last year in Charlton Lido. Mm-hmm. But because of where I live, I have to go up Lucky Field. It's really, really hard to get to or up get up there on my bike. But yeah, those two pools, Parliament Hill for outdoor, just because you can have a whole day there. It's got a great cafe. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of space outside. And then obviously you'll have teeth anyway. So we've had four days there, just swim, chill, walk. And then with Marshall Street, it's like, that's one of our favorite pools to go to for record store day. Mm. So cause you're like right back in, in the middle of all the action. And with a swim, you're just always starting your day, right? So that's kind of what's important for us. Yeah. And I love that Swim Dem Crew extends as well from not just the swim, but like a walk on the heath or a record store or food after. And, mm. you know, swimming's the center of my community. It's always like, okay, after let's have breakfast or let's have a walk or let's do something. Mm. And I think that's, that's really nice as well because it does set you up for the day. It's a really good foundation to build on because it gives you that clarity that you do feel like it's the beginning of the day, whether it's the afternoon or not. It kind of rebirths you again, doesn't it? Yeah. And we always say we shouldn't know you start your week, right? And then you start your weekend, right, as well. Mm. Because, yeah, as I said, that those Saturdays and those social swims we have where we're just coming together to swim and then everything happens after whether that's food or gallery visit, like we're just creating more mm-hmm. memories and, and responses and yeah, just creating more memories together. So that's the, that's the important stuff for us. Well, thank you for everything you do with Swim Crew, as Swim Dem Crew. I think those memories for so many people really are special. And what's next for you? You mentioned some brand partnerships, which is really exciting and amazing that you're able to use your platform for such a, to make positive change and make mm-hmm. a difference for individuals as well. Is there anything else you can tell me about what's next? Maybe your retreat. Yeah, so we've got a retreat, our first retreat in ages coming up on this week where we're going to the Quadrangle to do workshops, uh, eat good food, hang out and be away from our phones and, and central London for a night. We're off to We Out Here Festival, do some swim sessions and show our films and have a panel talk. And then I guess post-brand partnerships, it'll be more events to to bring people into the water and we're just getting back to our, our social swim sessions on in the week and on the weekends. So looking forward to to getting back to it really. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's going to be some, a summer of you reaching so many new people that mm. might not have had a chance to interact with some dem crew or even just the water before. If you were speaking to somebody who didn't swim, they weren't sure, they wasn't sure it for them, what would you say to them? I'd say first that swimming is a life skill, so we should also be able to swim anyway. Lessons are worth their weight in gold. And when you're ready, swim them's ready for you too. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nathaniel. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you to Nathaniel for that insightful conversation. You can find Swim Dem Crew in all of the usual places on social media. And if you're new to swimming, why not check out some of their instructive videos or even join them for a swimming lesson or meetup? You can also explore their short film, Beyond the Blue, which is a stunning documentary about the origins of Swim Dem Crew. Thanks again to this episode's sponsor, Try Hard. Say goodbye to Chlorine and shop their skin and hair products at 15% off with the code TIDAL. See you next week.